is the Go Blue Crew. Welcome into the Go Blue Crew. I'm Tyler Fenwick with Derek Devine. Derek, I just looked it up before I hit record here. This will be our 245th episode of the Go Blue Crew. Give or take, I'm going to say 10 because uh, we've lost track a couple times, but I feel like we've done a pretty accurate count in getting back on track. So 245, how does that feel? It feels good. Is the give or take 10 accurate? Probably not. I More like give or take 25. Okay. Does so that we seem could right? be closer to 400, or sorry, 400. <laughs> we could be closer to... <laughs> no, we We're could not. not. We well, could be closer no. to 200. We could be closer to 50. We could, yeah. Yeah, technically. That's still kind of true. We could be closer to 400. We could also be closer to 10,000. I feel good about it. As long as it puts us in the running, as we always talk about, as one of the longest standing Michigan sports shows. Uh, If 245 puts us in the running, I'm fine with 245, and five episodes from now, we'll drink more whiskey than usual we'll have to do that on maybe a a friday or a saturday or something i'll tell you i i I can't drink after seven o'clock i just don't want to i feel dehydrated i don't want to do it okay i was gonna say what happened to you but it's a choice so yeah it's just I'm, i'm not one of those people who's like oh i'm so old now i can't i can't deal with a hangover no it's just something about drinking especially whiskey i just feel so dehydrated and it takes me a while to hydrate again and i drink water throughout the day that's as my follow-up question was are you drinking water in the evening yeah i drink water morning afternoon night i'm pretty good about how many ounces you think you're putting down a day of water i'm not even gonna guess man i just fill up cups and drink them okay so and just to clarify we are talking about water here not not whiskey not not whiskey not no not okay. cups at a time you fill this up is, cups of water okay this is h2o this is the stuff you need to live yeah anyway well that's why uh, i'm drinking my whiskey now <laughs> i got my one shot of whiskey and my pineapple juice at you know right now it's 6 p.m on a thursday i'll yeah. get through most of this during this show and that'll be it that's smart i mean i i'm a man so i drink it neat but what you do is fine too i mean i think that's really cute show the cup again. here's the thing it's uh it's the uh <laughs> old lakeland flying tigers that's uh, nice collector's mug from when i worked uh for the lakeland flying tigers down in lakeland florida here's the thing tyler let me tell you when i have okay. a really good whiskey it's straight when i've got you know just the kirkland's canadian whiskey blend it's yeah. just i really like this Pineapple juice is just so good. Pineapple juice is really good. I prefer it with rum. It's like a sparkling pineapple juice at that. So it's like oh. it's almost like I'm making a a very cheap cocktail. Maybe next episode or maybe for two fifty we we do bartender one hundred and one. Let's see, two fifty would be at least five weeks away, right? Start I could of probably season, getting getting into it getting close at least at least the preview of the predictions i could probably maybe we could do a video podcast i think i'll have a bar set up by then and i will just be making cocktails live as we the whole time 
<laughs> the whole time. I don't You're know who's going to us... drink them all because you're a state away, so I can't, like, you know, make a drink and hand it to you. No. But I, I like do. the idea. Here's what we could do. Okay, go I ahead. like this idea. We both have the ingredients yeah. for to make two cocktails. We let each other know beforehand what we need to do. I'll start by making one and you follow along and we try mine. And then you start making one and I follow along and we try yours. And at the end of the show, we decide who put together the better cocktail. I like that. Only issue is I know how to make one cocktail. So Well, you pick first. You get first pick of the draft. Okay. You pick the cocktail you know how to make and then I'll, okay. I'll go from there. Okay. <laughs> it's pretty easy. All so right. actually you go first because I already know that you can make, what, a, just a regular old-fashioned? Uh, straight up old-fashioned, yeah. So the first drink will be your old fashioned. I'll try to make it alongside you. I'll see how it tastes, and then I'll try to take things up a notch, and you'll see how mine mine goes. So all right, two fifty. That's this that's plan. What we'll do. Then surprisingly, we did not come here to talk about um, alcohol or cocktails, but uh, we're we're going to recycle a conversation here because I feel like this might be the second or third time we've talked about quarterbacks, and it won't be the last for sure. But uh, Derek, you had the the interesting observation that uh, won't be new to anybody, but it's something fun to talk about, which is that this very well may be uh, J.J. McCarthy's last season at Michigan. Obviously, he'd be uh, eligible for the draft, and if he continues to improve, even if he has a season exactly like he did last year, I I feel like, I mean, that that draft's going to be calling. Then it gets interesting what's happening behind him. Uh, Jaden Davis will... Uh, be a sophomore in that scenario, then you still probably have Davis Warren, uh, Alex Orgy's in there. Uh, right now you have Jack Tuttle, but he's a grad transfer, so wherever he slots in for the one season coming up is kind of the extent of it. But as you look at the quarterback landscape here, what's what's to come? You know, what may or may not happen? What do you think? So technically, I think Jane Davis would be a true freshman. I think he's a 2024. You're right. Would be a true freshman in that scenario. Yeah. That's where it gets really interesting. So let's, let's focus on this season. And this is the conversation we've had plenty of times. If JJ McCarthy has a similar season to last season, I think you see a similar result of maybe making the semifinal and maybe losing for a third year in a row. If J.J. McCarthy can have a better season, which you would assume would be the case with just the way he was able to grow in his first season starting, then, yeah, I do I do think it's very realistic to think that this would be the last year. He also kind of seems like, a, I don't need the NIL. I'll give the NIL away. You know, let me take the Blake Corum route. And instead of being a second, third round guy, unless he really takes off, let me come back for a fourth year. That would be best case scenario for Michigan because next year, you know, unless say Jaden Dengel or Alex Orgy or a transfer comes in, uh, you haven't seen a lot of true freshmen start under Jim Harbaugh, that's for sure. Uh, and what's weird about this potentially being J.J. McCarthy's last season is it feels like J.J. McCarthy hasn't been around for very long. And that's what happens when Cade McNamara has the starting job. J.J. McCarthy gets his, you know, 
little bit of a highlight reel in, maybe a couple of big mistakes this freshman season, and then finally takes over the starting job one game into the season. So it's odd to think, and, and we used to talk about, you know, I've always talked with friends about like you get you get so hyped about these recruits and there's scenarios sometimes where guys come in and they don't they don't ever play at all, they don't ever start at all, they transfer. Um, you know, I think of a guy like Brandon Peters. You know, Brandon Peters had a lot of hype. Uh it took him a while to see the field. He he saw the field probably too late in the season he did. Uh and the next thing you know, you know, he's no longer uh even a quarterback. You know, Dylan McCaffrey, super hyped. Uh, get Dylan McCaffrey on the field. Get Joel Milton on the field. Now, Joel Milton is a Heisman candidate, maybe even like a lead Heisman candidate just because of his his potential. And and again, a guy that was always going to develop more than what he showed at Michigan uh, in the few games that he had. But it's crazy to think that, that J.J. McCarthy could basically be a two-year starting quarterback and, and be off to – to bigger things. Um, do you think though, first, do you think it'll be, it's more likely that he has a season similar to 2022, or do you think he could really take the next step? I think he's taken the next step. And the reason I think that is because he's already done that next step. He's improved um, really dramatically. I mean, last season he was awesome. Like, for the most part, that's that's the kind of quarterback Michigan had been needing. And so I, I don't have any reason to think he's for some reason going to plateau. Could totally happen. But, I mean, I'm just looking at the history here and thinking, yeah, he's going to get better because that's what he's been doing. It's a weird It's a weird thing to enter this season because last season, maybe even you in particular and others – in the same camp, like, uh, what's that one dude's name? Who's like the biggest Cade McNamara fan ever. But you were, you were still on the, I want to say you're on the Cade McNamara starts train fully. I think you were probably open to let the better quarterback, um, you know, start, uh, obviously Cade got his chance. JJ got his chance. Cade got injured. And so that was really it for him. Uh, there was no more chance to see him uh, start for Michigan again uh, and likely wasn't going to start moving forward because of how J.J. progressed and got better. But I do think it's interesting that heading into this season, for the first time in a long time, something that we've talked about, others have talked about, there's not a competition at all for starting quarterback. And so how do you think that – helps a quarterback like J.J. McCarthy knowing all offseason that you are the starter and you're not only the starter, but now as a junior, you're probably the behind a Blake Corum. You're probably the leader of the offense, don't you think? Oh, yeah, definitely. And it, I'm trying to think, um, would 2019 Shea Patterson be the only other good example of like a starter kind of being solidified i think so yeah i if we're missing something i, I bet it's obvious but yeah i think uh you got to go back to 20 i mean, I'm trying to think like will will and spate I, I don't know that that was obvious with john o'corn coming in with the stats he had from houston 
Yeah. I mean, Jake Rudock maybe in, in Harbaugh's first year because they didn't really have an answer after the transition from, you know, a, a Rich Rod to a Brady Hoke to to a Jim Harbaugh. But I think even even more than a Shea Patterson, though, that, you know, was a similar conversation four years ago of, you know, your starter. Like, I mean, it's more obvious than ever. There's There's not even you know, talent on the roster. And that's no disrespect to the talent on the roster. Hopefully those guys could all be starting quarterback caliber because you're always a one play away from a guy getting injured. But I mean, JJ McCarthy is leaps and bounds above the other quarterbacks, in my opinion. And I think that's what makes the situation unique heading into next year is, you know, you have a sure thing at quarterback, even if he plateaued, you have no idea what Michigan has next year in Jaden Davis or whoever may transfer in. And it leads you to believe, and, and it's odd to think this way, but it leads you to believe that not only does Michigan go as his offense goes and as J.J. McCarthy goes, but is this your best shot? You said that last year. Uh, you said that the year before because they made the playoff. But is this Michigan's best shot they've ever had to win a national championship, um, especially recently? Um, and does it go away after this year, I guess, is the ultimate question. <laughs> so, uh, yes, it absolutely is their best shot, and it keeps getting better. Like the last, you know, last year up until then was was Michigan's best shot, I think you could say, and this year's uh, better than last year. So, yeah, I think it is. And then to answer your, your other question about whether it, helps uh McCarthy to be in this position I'm gonna lean toward not really because you look at just the way he carries himself and the way he talks and I I can't imagine coming off of a a situation where you know he was not named the starter he had to go out and and win it which he did but coming off of that I I think you gotta feel really confident and so stepping into a situation where you're you're the guy, it's like, well, yeah, duh. So I don't I don't know if you know if it if it does anything mentally to you know boost your your confidence or your belief in yourself, whatever. Like I I don't know I I, I kind of doubt it, but in any other in other situations, I should say, it may be the case where like, yeah, like this is a really big deal for for someone to be in this position where they know they're they're the starter and everybody sees them that way i just kind of doubt that's the case for jj mccarthy so i'm with you in the in terms of being the starting quarterback i think once he started against hawaii i think it was you give Caden mcnamara the the first game start as a tip of the cap to hey thanks for you know helping give us our best season uh in a very long time uh, thanks for helping us beat Ohio State in a convincing fashion. Um, but I think I think in terms of this is your starter, I agree with Hawaii on. I think he went into every game like this is my job. And even before, like, I think even going into Hawaii, before Caden McNamara was injured, I think he went in like I'm the starting quarterback moving forward. I think Jim Harbaugh went into that game with, J.J. McCarthy is our starting quarterback moving forward. So I think that is probably similar. Where I think the advantage lies, and I'm interested to see what they'll do captain-wise, 
because this very well could be J.J. McCarthy's last season, uh, a junior captain, maybe a little odd, though also maybe not. You know, Cade McNamara was a was named a captain last year. Jim Harbaugh named Cade McNamara a captain of the football team, and his captain did not start more than one game and ended up transferring to another Big Ten school. And so where I think the advantage lies is you truly have the opportunity to lead the team as a starting quarterback, but also lead the team as potentially a captain with a group of seniors on the offensive line at running back position, Cornelius Johnson as a receiver, you know, you have, you have the opportunity to be a leader amongst many um, full of guys. You know, that's the, that's the, the, the beauty and the curse of, of having a good football team is you lose guys early or you're always going to lose your best seniors. And for all the guys that made the decision to come back and take one more run at it, those guys, many of them don't have a chance to come back at all. Like this is, this is it. This is the final run. You know, Blake Corum came back to win a national championship. He will not have a chance to win a national championship after the season. Um, and so I think the advantage lies is, is JJ McCarthy doesn't have to be the starting quarterback. Who's not a captain because there's another quarterback that's awkwardly a captain of the team. And oh, by the way, flew out to Cali, got his surgery, and never was around at all. Like, I mean, a captain who didn't even show up to games. I mean, what a what a wild circumstance that was last year. Um, and I mean, I have so many questions about what Jim Harbaugh's motive was with naming Cade McNamara captain because I feel well, like he was always going to transfer, right? It seemed like it, and but like uh, if, if he lost his starting job, the way he handled that press conference just didn't seem like a good look. And so what would have been the point of naming him a captain if he's not going to start and he's probably more than likely going to transfer? I are, are Michigan's captains voted though? Yeah, I think, I think by the team. That changes things a little bit. I mean, it's still kind of, it doesn't change the question much, but I just, yeah, I thought that was, I'm well, pretty sure like, that's the I mean, case. and maybe it was exactly 50-50 last year. Maybe 50% thought one thing, <laughs> 50% thought the other thing, but I mean, my goodness. Either there's way. A, I, there's an equivalent on the roster right now, not a one-to-one comparison, but of a sort of that veteran guy who's not going to start. I'm talking about Jack Tuttle, of course who is going to be a great sort of like side episode to the season. What happens with Jack Tuttle? Where is he on the depth chart? Does he get into games? Is he, uh, is, is the Alex orgy package taken over? Like that's, that's all going to be stuff to pay attention to, but in terms well, of, too, you know, is he, is he the new Alan Bowman who maybe has a better chance of seeing more time on the field? I think Alan Bowman and JJ McCarthy definitely had a good relationship last year. And Alan Bowman, from everything you read and see, like had a crucial role on the sideline. You know, the quarterbacks always wear the hats and the vests and they yeah. and call out the plays because they know exactly what a quarterback needs to be doing who's out there on the field. Like, talk about a perfect scenario for 
a J.J. McCarthy, like, I don't think he could have that relationship with Cade McNamara last year. One, I think it was awkward because of the starting thing. And then two, the dude essentially bailed on the program to, to go get surgery outside of the system. Alan Bowman kind of took on the role of, hey, I'm not going to get a ton of time, but I'm going to be kind of your go-to on the sideline. And so Jack Tuttle is always a play away from being the starting quarterback, but I think also like gets to play a veteran role of I've been in game scenarios. I've been, you know, through ups and downs, probably mostly down as an Indiana football player. Um, no offense to Indiana, <laughs> no offense, uh, especially the state you, you live in. But I think more than anything, why a guy transfers like that one, like I've said twice now, a play away from playing and two, you're a part of a winning program where you definitely can have a role in the success of a young star. And so I think that's a good, a good example of that's a veteran guy probably will take on a leadership role outside of the quarterback room. Who's not going to get a whole lot of airtime. No, you're right. I think, I mean, I'm excited about this because I think it's, it's going to be really good in ways that we, we probably don't get to see on TV watching games on Saturdays uh, it'll come out in little anecdotes here and there. And I imagine once he's gone, you'll hear about some of the, you know, I'm sure fantastic things he'll have done for, for the quarterbacks and the program in general. That's going to be really cool to hear about. I hope it works out like that. And, and I mentioned Alex Orgy and that's, that's the other guy I think we got to talk about in the last few minutes here, because there's obviously something you do with him and the coaching staff needs to figure that out. And I, they don't have a great track record of these packaged quarterbacks using them successfully. It gets gimmicky. It gets awkward. I'm a little nervous about it if they're trying to expand that role. So first, I guess, what do you think that role might be? And then on top of that, do you do you trust this coaching staff to like figure that out and implement it in a successful way? More than anything, as much as I'd love to see an Alex Orgy package, I don't want to see Michigan try to get cute. Right. If they didn't learn that getting cute with Colson Loveland trying to throw a pass to J.J. McCarthy, who had 17 TCU players surrounding him, if they didn't learn from that game, I'd be really disappointed. Now, is there a time for a Wildcat? Is there a time to you know, be around the goal line, maybe a third down situation where you don't want your starter getting banged up. Yes. Did Alex Orgy show some decent things in the spring game in terms of even his arm where he had, I think it was like, you know, 40 plus yard pass to, you know, a receiver trying to get some airtime himself. Like, yes. Like I think he has the potential, but if anything, if you're Alex Orgy, you're playing for the backup quarterback role. Mm-hmm. And you're probably playing for maybe the starting position next year as a more experienced guy on the roster and maybe pretty similar to Jaden Davis in terms of size, though bigger in terms of like, you know, more of a runner. Jaden Davis hasn't really shown a lot of um, wheels in terms of, you know, he, he plays in a system where he can just kind of sling the ball around as a smaller quarterback. But Alex Orgy needs to take advantage of the time he gets because, if anything, um, outside of an opportunity for next year, he's probably playing to to see if he can be a starter anywhere. How you utilize him, though, 
I think is going to be really interesting. And I do like it better than maybe handing it off to a linebacker who does a toss pass <laughs> against Ohio State, though it worked. Yeah. Um, I, I think you have, you know, a decent wildcat option. For me, I think we'll know pretty quickly if it's a blowout the first, what, three, four, five weeks, um, who comes in first? Do you honor the guy who's had the time, who's coming in as a veteran, or do you go with a youngster who, you know, essentially has the chance to come back another season or two and be your starting quarterback? And so I think that's where the story gets interesting is you probably want to see Alex Orgy more than you see Jack Tuttle because one guy can come back next year and one guy is a graduate transfer. And so I think you'll see that he's maybe a trusted weapon in terms of a wildcat package. Uh, but if he shows out in garbage time, then, you know, maybe you see more and more reps. Um, but you're never going to see a, a Cade McNamara, JJ McCarthy model where, you know, JJ came in for some crucial plays, obviously. Um, and so you'll have to see what he does with any role he gets. But I mean, that dude can definitely run and he, he seemed to, to show off his arm at least one time during the spring game. So uh, he's a physical guy and I think they'll find a way to get him on the field. Jim Harbaugh is notorious for getting athletes on the field uh, again, just hope it's not in like a super cute, let's ruin a game fashion. <laughs> yeah, that that's a good thing to hope for. Um, since we were talking about it, I guess the last thing we should do, it's only appropriate, is put something on the record here. So uh, I'll go first because I'll, I'll let you think about it for, for a couple seconds. I think J.J. McCarthy is going pro after this season. Obviously, that can't be based on performance because we haven't seen this season yet but like I said I I have no reason to doubt that he's going to continue progressing and I think the uh, 2022 version of himself gets an NFL look I, so I've got nothing against JJ McCarthy doing that I think that's what's going to happen what about you I'm torn. If JJ has a Heisman in the running type season, I think he's gone no matter what. But again, I think NIL is so interesting with a guy like a Blake Corum deciding to come back after injury. Um, so this is not the answer you want, but I, I think I'm legitimately split 50, 50. Oh boy. Well, tip I yourself one way or the other. You got to put something on here. I guess I'll just be, I'll go the opposite. And I say that I think there's a strong chance that he could come back in in 2024, regardless of the season he has. And I think a lot of that will have to do with the end result on the field. Michigan wins a national championship. JJ McCarthy balls out. Yeah. He's, he's likely gone. Uh, If they're a play away, um, I wouldn't be surprised if he's back. So uh, hate to lean that. I think they're going to be a play away, or more once again from a national championship, but uh, I'll, I'll go on record and saying, Hey, maybe he, maybe he comes back in 2024. All right. Obviously that's what we would it's all. It's also a selfish really answer want. too, right? Like you, right. you have a true freshman on the roster. You have an unproved Alex orgy. You've got a Bryce Underwood in the class of 2025. Who's the top prospect in the nation that has a Michigan on the list. Like regardless of, of who the starting quarterback is outside of J.J. McCarthy next year, 
I feel pretty safe saying even after one season that it's not going to be as much of a luxury as a JJ McCarthy. So I feel pretty confident with that. All right. Uh, we're, we're going to be four five away from 250 when we'll come back and mix some cocktails. Oh yeah. Probably at that point talking about Michigan predictions and all that stuff. I mean, again, what, four episodes between now and then? It's mid-July yeah. almost, so I don't know what the exact weeks to college football is, but, you know, you've got half of July and all of, at least most of August. Uh, you maybe have a week zero again. Don't know if there's any good week zero matchups. Um, it's college football. They It doesn't matter who's playing. I'm going to be glued. You'll be watching. Is that, is that the, uh, is week zero the, the TCU Colorado? I think we talked about this multiple times. Let me just look real quick. Like we're basically a TCU versus Colorado. Ah, September second. Never mind. It'd be the same time as the Michigan game. Oh, okay. Well, let's find a week. Let's find a week zero matchup next week to really get excited. Zero. All right. Sounds good. We'll catch you then uh, on the next episode where we break down week zero and tell you exactly what to look out for and. Uh, we'll get some of the preliminary oh, betting lines. <laughs> there's some dandies. <laughs> let me tell you. Let's, oh, yeah. All right. We'll get the DraftKings line as long yep. as it's out there, and we'll break it down for you. But until then, take care and go blue. Go blue. Oh, that's going to be